0: There was a part of me that preferred my addiction and my being alone to actually being intimate with my wife.
1: Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Potter. And I'm Karen Lee Potter. And this is the ultimate podcast about the birds and the bees with a sex expert cougar mother and her anti-porn loving son. <laughs>
2: Anti-porn loving?
1: <laughs> what, what exactly do you mean by anti-porn loving? Well, I think
2: we need to discuss. We just had an awesome interview.
1: We had Matt Dobschutz, host and producer of Porn Free Radio on the show... And it was absolutely fascinating.
2: It really was. It was, it, uh, when you go deep, this one goes like beyond deep. This
1: goes into like six six or seven feet deep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt has uh, experienced a porn addiction. He's struggled with it for most of his life. And he created this podcast where he talks about how to overcome porn addiction. And he counsels. this is his full time job now.
2: Right. And I think he helps a lot of people understand what uh, can happen if you become. Addicted to porn.
1: Yeah. I think he'll give you a good perspective as to how porn can be detrimental to your life. And uh, it it gets a little contentious because mother is not necessarily on the same page as Matt and I. Right. It was very hard for me to contain myself. So when you're listening to this,
2: people understand that it, it was not deliberate that I shut Cam down. Although Cam I, I just feels that
1: way. I felt very shut out of the conversation yeah. at times. And the
2: reason I, I was so um, opinionated, I think, is because I think you, you and Matt were very much on the anti-porn side. And it's not that I'm like, go porn, go porn, but I feel like it. I feel like if you have a certain personality, you could become addicted to it. But if you don't have a compulsive personality, there can be a fun role of porn in your life.
1: And we talk about the... the um, Moral implications and like the the way that porn fits into um, our lives. So I think this is a great interview for for anyone who has strong feelings or is trying to figure out the role porn plays in their lives. This is the episode for you. Right. It's not for just people who
2: want to give up porn. I mean, although if you do have any, if you're struggling with the whole idea of uh, am I addicted to porn, this guy is going to really be able to crystallize it for you.
1: Yes. So thank you all for listening. Yes, and stay tuned.
2: And just so you know, Cam, let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers. Don't cut me off again, (laughs) although I deserve it.
1: Matt Dapschutz, welcome to the show. You are the host producer of an awesome podcast called Porn Free Radio. What Can you tell us a little about that?
0: Yeah, it's a show for motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn. It Really focuses on um, creating strategies and and mindsets to help people um, let go of porn, and it comes out of my own experience, my own recovery.
2: Yeah, we want to get into that for sure. When you say guys, by the way, are you do you have women that listen to your show and have the same kind of issues?
0: Yeah, there are women who listen. How do
1: people know that the their porn intake has become a problem, in that they should start trying to clear it up?
0: Well, there's <clears throat> there's some Definitely like um, uh, online, there's a couple of, of, you know, surveys that you can take to kind of to gauge it. Um, A couple of things that I uh, look at when I talk to people is, you know, is this a preeminent, um, is this like a thing in your mind that's coming up a lot? Do you have a lot of obsessive thoughts Mm -hmm. about porn? Um, a, a, A simple question I'll ask people is, if you came home on Friday night and your partner wasn't in the house for like three hours, it was unaccountable time, would that be, I mean, would your first thought be, I can look at porn?
1: Hmm. Um, so when
0: you
2: do something behind your partner's back.
1: Well, it's, it sounds more like that
0: it, well, it's, it's more, a compulsion. Yeah, it's just like almost the opportunity is is, when the opportunity arises, it's almost the... You know, 90% of the time they just act on it um, whereas a normal person with balance in their life uh, doesn't walk in the door on Friday night and go oh my wife's not here okay let me f- fire up my computer and binge for three hours on porn right right right, right.
1: are there any upsides to porn for anyone I, I mean I think
0: at its core pornography Is really a a way a stimulus for uh, compulsive masturbation, and 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 I don't I'm I'm neutral on whether masturbation is good or bad. But the thing that I think guys get stuck in is it's a withdrawal into themselves. Sure. And I the way I define sexuality, and I'd be curious to know your your ideas about it, but is that at its best sex draws us to connect meaningfully with another person bingo <laughs> um, and and so when you're talking about compulsive masturbation with addiction and stimulus it's someone who's alone withdrawing and and compulsively masturbating and i just think that's not what I want to move towards. Mm-hmm. In my- I t- t- totally agree. Yeah,
2: I'm that. not sure that I agree 100%. As a matter of fact, I don't know that I agree with that definition uh, only because I think that there's a place for um, masturbation and, and, and you can easily be in a relationship. And I also think that when you're having sex, I think fantasy um, on my part is okay. I don't think that that necessarily is going to break a connection with my partner um, I think there's all varying degrees of uh, ways to have sex. And at certain times you might be more into one way or the other. So in other words, what I'm saying is I think that I would like to hear from your point of view, if you consider like erotic or reading erotic books or looking at playboy magazines or even going to strip clubs, is that considered porn in your mind?
0: Well, again, for me, what I, for me, it would be, um, and I try to invite people to really um, to really question their motives of, of what they're where they're going towards and what they're looking at. Um, I, I think what I really realized with me and and my addiction was there was a part of me that preferred my addiction and my being alone to actually being intimate with my wife.
2: So that became something that took over.
0: Um, like, yeah, like it, it. And for a lot of addicts that, that is the case that there's because it's think about it. It's completely set up for your pleasure. It's um, whatever you're looking at, whatever you're searching is exactly what you want in the mm-hmm. moment. It's on your timetable. It's, You're not, you're not having to, um, there's no risk. You're not going to get rejected. Mm -hmm. There's no, um, and there's, you know, there's no, um, there's not really, there's no intimacy, but there's this sense of like, you can do whatever you want. And, um, and that, when you, when you get stuck on that, it really makes meaningful, uh, sexual connection very difficult.
2: Right, right. I mean, I've told this story before, and just to real brief brief you again, that I was, I think that I was involved with someone addicted to porn. He had gotten, uh, he was he was working from home, masturbating to porn five times a day. Said when he got his full time job, he was the first thing he thought was, oh, I won't be able to masturbate. You know, I won't be able to watch porn. So um, he now, I think, what I would like to hear from you is, what do you say to a guy like that?
0: Well, the. This- the thing is, is a guy like that who doesn't, isn't seeing how it's affecting him, or isn't mm-hmm. aware that it's causing him trouble. I, I can't really speak to him. I mean, I can say, I don't think this is helping you and I don't think this is adding to your life, but if they don't realize it, mm-hmm. there's not much I can say. Okay. But if, but if he said, Matt, I'm going crazy, I'm masturbating five times a day I'm thinking about porn at work um i I'm in this meaningful relationship that I need to to change some things about how I'm dealing with it then I would there's things I can help them like you know get out of it but um
2: I mean my question is, is it is it would you recommend and I've talked to urologists about this as well that if you if the person feels that they are addicted to porn, would you recommend cold turkey
0: i I definitely recommend that people stop looking at porn who have identified it as a problem. I mean, like, I, I don't I'm not a big fan of of um, some sort of uh, weaning or or stepping it down type of thing. Um, I, and I'll tell you one of the reasons why. For me, the par- the part of the porn was the obsessive thoughts. And so, if I'm not putting in any little stimulus, even little searches or little, uh, you know, things on Facebook that are tantalizing, if I'm not putting those things in, my mind is pretty clear. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not having the thoughts. But the moment I start engaging with sexually explicit material or triggers, I start having obsessive thoughts. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that so, it's, it's similar to other addictions. For example, gambling, where they tell you to set up roadblocks, you know. Don't go into establishments that they have uh, poker machines. I think you know, this stay is, away from other uh, or say, say for an alcoholic. Don't go in a bar.
1: This is right. similar to any uh, it's an any component. any dopamine rush. If, I mean, I've got I've gotten to the point where if I eat a piece of chocolate at night, the next night for sure I'm going to be craving that piece of chocolate again because I had a dopamine rush the night before at that. That moment. Are you compulsively addicted to chocolate? And I didn't. Re- I wasn't <laughs> aware of this. No, but it's something that I've recognized uh-huh. that it, if I'm gratified, it, it, if my brain is gratified by anything, it, it's going to crave at the exact same time, almost the same time the next day or a throughout lot, the day. Yeah, I mean, Matt, would you say that a
2: lot has to do with if you have a compulsive personality? Can some people watch porn in moderation? For
1: me, for example, I am very. I don't have an addictive personality that much. I I could easily stop myself if i'm enjoying some things and never do it again right
2: you can watch porn in moderation
1: i can't however i i have my own feelings about porn but man in for a situation like myself what would you what would you say
0: there's two things i'd say one as a person i don't like porn i don't like what it does to guys i don't like what i perceive it does to um sexuality I think it chari- it makes a caricature out of sexuality I think it um, I think it's demeaning um, to people. I, I think there's a whole bunch of things I, I don't like about it as a as an industry as a thing. Um, so I like so I'm not like a pr- I'm not like a guy who's like uh, morally neutral on it however, if like I specifically work with guys who have kind of already determined that it doesn't work for them Mm. and want help walking out of it. So if, I mean like, so I'm not a, I'm definitely not a person who's going to like, if you can avoid porn, I think you should. Mm -hmm. Um, If, if I'm talking to my kids, I tell them about what porn is, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to encourage them to look at it. I'm going to tell them about, my challenges um, i'm going to tell them about what i think about healthy sexuality um, what i think about my views of women what my views of men are you know what what it looks like to you know i am going to i'm, I'm going to get i'm going to tell them what i think about what healthy Would sexuality Would you share your
2: story with us of what happened to you?
0: Sure. I mean it's really simple. A um, couple things happened. I um, had some uh, a trauma in my family when I was little, uh, a brother died mm. and um my mom ma- and it wasn't so much I think the the my brother dying, but my mom kind of had a depression that came after that about a year a year or two after that she was kind of depressed, and I was with her all the time.
2: How old were you at this point?
0: Uh, I was like th- this is between three and five for me, mm. so I was pretty small, and uh, I was a real um kind of a smart kid and uh, real um, aware of everyone and and um, kind of precocious. And my dad kind of, he had his own sort of depression. He kind of threw himself into work after this death. And um, and so he was kind of like not there uh, for me. And, and so that kind of was what I dealt with when I was a small child. And then a couple of years after, um, when I was about eight years old, I discovered pornography. I, I found a magazine at, at a gas station and it just immediately, I knew it was something that I, I kind of had this feeling like it was shameful. Like I, I knew there was something like secretive about it, but I was like completely all in. Like I was, um, really interested in it and there was i just i remember i just opened up the magazine and there was like an adult woman on a bed completely naked and i i mean i was just it was like shocking to my eight-year-old brain um
2: i think it's shocking and, anyway eight-year-old brain no matter what happened i, in your I remember
1: yeah i remember the first time i saw porn
0: i was i was like blown away as well
1: i think me too and mine was
2: like a playboy
0: <laughs> yeah and i and i i think like um and, you know, so so then I just found myself, even as a small child, going, how can I see more of this? How can I find more of it? I became very aware of it, looked for it. Uh, my, my parents uh, didn't have any porn, um, but I've, I was very I mean secretive about it. I never told anybody. And and so I I kept kind of looking for it. And then as I got to about, you know, 12 or 13 and puberty hit. Um, I started stealing it or trying to find it, and, um, and as I just got older, the the technology got got better. I mean, I went to I started renting movies and DVDs, and then
2: how um, often were you renting them? I mean, I mean, again, your story sounds very typical of almost every guy I know that they started, you know, watching DVDs or videos or whatever in their teens and 20, early twenties.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, a few times a week I'd rent videos. Um I always I always never felt good about it. I I definitely had a a moral conflict about it. I'm a Christian and there was a a, a conflict that I had there, so I wasn't like I never kept a stash. I never um you know, you know, some guys just keep like, you know, libraries. Volumes, yeah. <laughs> Right, I I never did that because I always I never felt good about having it, and um. Uh, but no, I just I mean it would be a pretty frequent thing once a week, um, maybe more. Uh, in those days, you know, there was actually more kind of friction between you and the porn. Like you had to have money.
2: Oh um, yeah, a lot more a,
0: Yeah. I had to go to a store and get it. Sure. Uh, I remember one time I was standing on the corner. Well, I I don't know if I shared the story of podcast movement, but no, it wasn't the story. I, I, there was one time I was standing on the corner at like two in the morning. It's kind of raining. It's in Chicago. It's cold. And I have $10 in my pocket. And I'm like, am I going to walk to the 24 hour uh, train station and buy a magazine or wow. not? And I was just going back and forth. Am I going to do this? Am I going to go back and. And uh, I ended up going inside and putting it in a letter and mailing it to someone, wow. so that I so that I didn't uh, I didn't use it.
2: No, oh, man, that's that's an that that's an that's a very very vivid example of
1: of the compulsive mind. And at that point, you were trying to break yourself of this habit.
0: I knew that I I, I was I was in conflict. Yeah, I I I, um, I had I knew it was a problem, but I had no idea how to deal with it. What, what And I was very alone with it.
1: So what What made you think it was a problem at this point?
0: I, I think that I felt very shameful about it for one but it also was there was a compulsiveness to it that I felt out of control. Hmm. And yeah, so, it's two
2: in the morning and right. <laughs> you're thinking I'm going to go buy, I'm going to go walk out in the rain and, and go buy some pornography instead of going home and going to sleep like a normal person.
0: <laughs> right. And I, I think here's the thing, like let I'm going to answer your question kind of with a funny way of answering it, but it's, it's not, it's that I didn't feel like I should do it. But I kept doing it over and over. Right. And, and and that leads to just this real sense of failure and like a lack of confidence. So mm. I don't know, Cam, Cam, I, I grew up in a Christian home and and I don't think I got uh, I didn't get negative messages about sex. Um, I mean, I got I think I got some pretty healthy messages from my parents about sex. But um, but, you know, I think pornography would have. Been, you know, is that was off limits was kind of a thing that I that I felt like I shouldn't do. But whether or not I shouldn't do it or shouldn't do it, whether morally it it, it it's morally good or or bad, I couldn't trust myself because I just could. I I would say I don't want to do this, but then I kept doing it. Right. So I kept going against. I kept undermining my confidence and my my ability to make choices. And your feelings um, of shame too, I'm sure. Yeah. And I think that's where that's where it starts to really be an addiction. You know, if if you put me on a panel with someone who goes, I like porn and I don't have a moral problem with it and it helps me in all these ways. I'm not going to I'm not going to win a debate with them. But internally, I knew it wasn't good for me. It wasn't working for me. And I couldn't stop, which made it even worse.
2: I, that's the key when you say I couldn't stop. I mean, th- there's a lot of things that like Cam was talking about with his chocolate, and he knew it's not necessarily good for him. But I think it's a question of can you stop?
1: Uh, yeah. And I also, I think that the point you brought up where, where it, every time you did something that you really didn't want to do, that part of you didn't want to do and you couldn't stop yourself, that is a self-defeating and confidence-killing behavior. So, so
2: yeah. the, um, in the interest of time, Joe, so can we fast forward to you, you ended up getting married before you conquered this addiction or w- when did your relationship come in?
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, I got in this relationship and um, I was trying to work on it. And I, and a lot of guys who struggle with porn addiction who want to stop kind of think if they get married, that some of the needs will go away. Like some of the, That'll be the Compulsion. cure. Yeah. But what happens is when you're married to a, like a real woman with real emotions and real like depth, there's it's a it's scary. Um, I mean, I've heard of porn addiction is called a uh, by some as an intimacy disorder. So let's say that it's an intimacy disorder. I'm withdrawing into myself into my own private sexual world. Um, And, you know, keeping people at a distance and not not pursuing true intimacy when you're faced with real intimacy, it's even scarier. So the moment I got married, I I realized, man, this is really a lot harder than I expected. Mm. Um, The whole, you know, sex was harder than I expected. The emotions around on uh, the the emotions around. Uh, sex and all the stuff around it was harder. Um, vulnerable. I felt very vulnerable. So it wasn't. It wasn't long until I was retreating back into my office and, you know, getting on the computer and and waiting for her to go to sleep at night um, mm. to. to to look at porn again. See that, that's what, that's where it made
2: the, you know, timing wise in, in people's lives. I mean, it's so much harder now to avoid it because it's so easily accessible on the internet before you had to actually go out and get a physical DVD or VHS tape or whatever. Now you can just, you know, turn on your computer, go to all the different sites and it's free.
0: Yeah. I mean, I stayed sober from porn sometimes just cause I was broke. You know, mm-hmm. and and um, or didn't have enough time to go get it. Um, whereas now it's yeah, there's no 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 friction and so or no but no what did you call B- roadblock B- road yeah, yeah, so no, no barriers road to blocks. entry.
1: Shoot, so to yeah, speak. and
0: and part of part of what I part of what I teach when I work with coach coaching guys is how can you adopt some habits and behaviors that actually. You know, put some put some barriers between you and the porn. I
1: think I think it's pretty interesting that it, when you actually got married and and got into this regular relationship where you pro- you you had access to to sex sexual gratification, and yet you still chose um, the easy way out. Well, it, it, it's a, it it, it, all, it seems like with that new complexity, it became um, an easy escape or a, a sense of. Uh, a safety precaution or something to make you to easier the pain, which is another indicator that it's an escape. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: That, well, if you, if you remember just how we started talking about my story, you know, I was overwhelmed by my mom's emotion. Oh, gosh, I yeah. was overwhelmed by my own probably grief.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so when I discovered porn, it was an escape. It was like, I mean I felt like it was like a different world and um, and so yeah the moment that I get into an adult relationship with real intimacy it's frightening and I and I'm vulnerable um, I I yeah I wanted to retreat to my safe fantasy world right
1: so, so then how did it progress over time I mean was there a breaking point was there was it a
0: gradual well, the br- yeah, the breaking point was really uh, memorable. My wife caught me downloading porn like I was in my office mm-hmm. and she was sick and went to bed that night and something woke her up that night. She just felt off and she looked for me in the bed and came looking for me and just like walked into the office and, you know, I was caught. And um,
2: and you must have felt incredible. Out of embarrassment and shame and and just felt uh, like everything a to your I, I mean i
0: felt i felt, yeah I felt like i my secret world was exposed mm-hmm. um she all of a sudden saw me for who I really was, like for what I was actually doing mm-hmm. she you know we had talked about it before we got married, and oh so she knew that you had watched porn, yeah, she knew that I had watched it and and that had I you struggled. ever watched it with her no, no. So she knew that I struggled and, and, um, but now all of a sudden we had been married a couple of years and like a lot of the questions came up, like how long has this been going on? What's the pattern look like? You know? And, and when you're kind of addicted, you, you don't think it's that big of a deal, but then you start explaining it mm. and you're like, Oh, I'm looking at porn five times a week. Every time you go to bed, mm-hmm. if the, if, if you're not home, I look at porn. Mm. If,
2: and what if, was her what was her response? Did she feel like inadequate, or did she feel like that it had something to do with her?
0: Her her response was really gracious. She said she said this the first night. She said, "This isn't about me, but you need help."
2: Wow. Okay.
0: She go. She 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 knew that it wasn't her being inadequate or some her her image or whatever it was. She, she knew that this was something I had struggled with before we got married, and it had just escalated mm-hmm. and so um and my wife's pretty tenacious, so she she wasn't gonna let me off the hook. she had grace, <laughs> she, she had grace for me, but and so i um you know i I actually went to a a recovery group within a month or two of that. I mean, it took a while to find mm-hmm. the right one, um, but I started going. That was in June, and, and by September I was starting to go to the group.
2: Did you have a relapse?
0: Uh, yes, I've had I've had some relapses. Uh, that was 15 years ago, so I've had a few relapses. Um, probably the worst one was after a couple years of sobriety, I lost my job. Sure. And I kind of... I even had some structures in place to keep me safe. Like I would go to my parents' house uh, and use their computer. Cause I didn't have access to the computer when my wife was at work. Uh, we had a lock on it. And, um, and so as I was at my parents' house, I just kind of conceived of a way to act out. I, I ended up burning a short movie to a DVD and then bringing it home and look, watching it. And, um, So after about two and a half years, that was kind of a big relapse. And, and that relapse led to something really powerful though. I, you know, part of my recovery was to, to be honest with my wife and keep current. And so I told her that night, I said, um, this is what I did. And I, you know, lost my sobriety and I was telling her and she was sad. She started crying a little bit and, And then when I saw that, I felt this overwhelming feeling come over me. And I actually started turning away from her and I kind of curled up and I started crying and I started saying, uh, why, why, why? That's all I could get out that word. Mm -hmm. And she's she's like, and she actually, even though she was upset, she was actually concerned for me at this point. Mm, She's nurturing you she was really nervous she was like what's going on with matt and i said why why and she said why what why what what are you trying to say and i said why do you love me wow mm. and and i and right then when i said it out loud i realized that i felt unlovable sure that at at my core there was this wound oh. and maybe it came from that that trauma as a kid yeah Uh, you felt abandoned but that that's what I felt and and so it was through sharing that that relapse that failure and then being in relationship and intimacy with my wife where I realized she's still here Mm -hmm. why why does she love me yeah why is she here in this moment with me and I realized I had believed this lie that I was unlovable my whole life and porn fit right into that because when I would feel rejection, when I would feel any sort of negative emotion, I would go to porn. And I think what I was looking for was to feel affirmed and loved.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And with any addiction, it never meets that need right yeah the yeah. Shame, the shame and failure you know the 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 shame cycle that came after acting right. out would just play into the lie that you're unlovable well now you just looked at porn you're hiding you're lying of course you're unlovable right, right. so so part of the, the 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 recovery for me the real work was how do I get these? things out in the open.
2: Right, right. How do you and feel lovable it, again?
0: And, and how do I get my weaknesses out in the open and expose them and ask people to to affirm me, to help me? Um, you do a podcast. So that I can, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the podcast came much later. But yeah, that that was the, but that was like one of the biggest breakthroughs for me. It's,
2: it's my, caused it it caused such a wonderful bond between. relapse. It sounds like it caused a great bond between you and your wife that although it was horrible, it was something that you shared together and, and that you can heal together. And I think that was probably very important for your growth.
0: It, I, it, it was, I mean, it was crucial. I think I could, I mean, I think if I were single, I could have come to the same conclusion, but being married is a crucible. You know, it it if there's something in there, it's going to come out. If there's a you know a a behavior or a uh, you know a mindset it will be exposed in marriage because it's you can't hide from someone Mm -hmm. but your wife was so
2: cool that she didn't uh, you know that's it I'm leaving you you know just focusing on the behavior as opposed to why you did it that was what your your wife was just like I want to I want to stay with you I want to help you which made you feel so much better about yourself and and it's interesting because you could have switched out porn for if you had had a gambling addiction and went out to a casino or, or you know, did, you know, cocaine or whatever. It, it didn't matter. And her response was so welcoming. But that in itself usually doesn't do it. Usually you need to go to some sort of a support group, um, start working a program, start seeing a sponsor, all these type of things.
0: Yeah, and I needed more structure and she couldn't be the only person to help me. And I mean, some of the guys I coach now, they they want that. They want it to just be them and their wives. or, And that's, that's really not fair to their wives. And it doesn't give them as much support as they really probably need.
1: Mm-hmm. Can I ask you, it sounds like um, you had... Um, Roadblocks in place for yourself to prevent you. Like you said, after after you lost your job, you had a plan where you were going to stay at your parents' house. Um, you have a lock on your computer, so th- I'm trying to trying to understand. It seems like those devices, those like roadblocks you put in place, are ju- it, it's not addressing. It might not be addressing the root of the problem. It
2: doesn't, and that's why it's interesting because step one in any recovery program is. That you admit you're powerless over your compulsion, so even if you've had these roadblocks, you will find a way around them.
1: I would like. To well, I'm it. just. I'm
2: just thinking of what you just said, which was exactly what I was thinking.
0: Matt, you want to weigh in? I I think you're right, Cam. That's that's exactly what I was doing, and that's that's what a lot of guys do when they first become aware of this problem. They immediately think. The problem is I need a filter on my phone or I need a filter on my computer and they don't address any of the, the deeper underlying issues. And then what happens is the addict part of them kicks in and they figure out a way to work around the system. And, and then they kind of come to a conclusion like, oh, well, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. I guess I can't recover or that piece of software wasn't good enough for me. Um, or that system didn't work for me,
2: and you and you st- and you try to do it on your own as opposed to getting help.
0: Yeah, so yeah, how- I. So many people call, like uh, one of the reasons I started the podcast is uh, people were asking me all the time. Well, what filter do you use? <laughs> like that's always the first question. It's so like, amazing, that's, and I'm and I'm like I'm I I don't. Like, let's talk about the bigger problem. Let's not just talk about. I don't want it to just be a technology discussion because technology is not going to save you. Right. So, how do you
1: how do you do that internal work?
0: Well, uh, well, I mean, we talked about roadblocks, and one of the one of the tools that I like to use is consequence, where you predetermine a consequence that you're going to enact if you look at porn. Something that. Uh, potentially can cost you time or money or, or effort. Um, I mean, that's one thing I like to use, uh, right away because people are so used to just keep blowing through their boundaries over and over and there's absolutely no, nothing that holds them back. Uh, and so, you know, like, I mean, it can be simple, like giving something up that you like, like coffee for a month or, it could be service, like doing dishes for the month for your family. Those types of things are things that I, you know, you know, help people with.
1: It it still seems like that is it. it, it it's not a. Uh, it might not be a physical uh, barrier, but it it seems like something that could easily. Be over like um yeah, do you think giving up coffee is going to stop you if you have this serious compulsion I'm no, interested no. in what what is it, how do you do the work that gets to the trauma because I've I've gone through a lot of trauma in my life, losing my dad at a young age, and I know that it- for me it required a ton and it still is it's a constant struggle <clears> to voice the you know all of the insecurities that it creates and all of the so for me, I think therapy has helped a lot. Uh, meditation has helped a lot to Your figure mother. out what I'm thinking, my, my wonderful mother. I mean, is there anything else
0: that you <laughs> yeah. found? Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to, like, address trauma or even look at it if you're numbing 100% there of the time. Go.
2: It could be alcohol. It could be any of these things. But right. Porn so, is one of them.
0: So, so Yes does the quitting coffee or the does putting coffee as a consequence does that make you deal with trauma no it doesn't but if you can en- enact some strategies and habits to be absent from porn then you can give room to the pain you can give room to the other things that you're numbing to come up and then how do you deal with trauma you know do you have to go to therapy do you have to go to a group is there some way that you Are going to deal with that I mean that's that's the next step but I one of the reasons I started Porn Free Radio was I ran a group at my church for men and women who were looking for hope and healing in their sexuality and that's if they for example if they were sexually abused as kids or if they had some um, trauma as adults like they were raped or if they struggled with insecurity or self-hatred Those are the things we would work with. Hmm. Well, one of the reasons it started Porn Free Radio was over the last couple of years because of smartphones and some other access. A lot of the people who were coming to me for help all of a sudden were also struggling with porn. Hmm. Like they had trauma in their past or they had some significant uh, insecurity related to their sexuality or gender. But then they were. Compounding the problem with compulsive porn use, and so I so one of the reasons I created porn for radio was to just give a resource that just dealt with porn and strategies for dealing with it so that we could get to the deeper issues that people are struggling with.
1: Wow.
2: so just we're running through our time. I just had a few more quick questions for you. So do you think that for the non-compulsive person, there is a place for porn?
0: Uh, not in my, not in my, uh, moral framework, there isn't, I, but you know, is, is there always going to be porn and porn type stuff out there? I'm sure there is,
2: And, but and not, not for I understand. me. For you, you can only speak for yourself and what your own morals are. I get that. Um, what about age wise? Is there a, from what you've, you know, recognized all these years, is it, is there a certain age that's more detrimental for kids to start watching porn?
0: Well, I think whether or not – I think the, 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 the truth is, um, you know, by the time kids get to sixth grade, a majority of kids have seen some – been exposed to some sort of porn. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it better to see porn at a tw- as a 12-year-old or an 8-year-old? I, I guess it's better as a 12-year-old. Would I rather it be <laughs> – a seventeen eighteen year old seeing porn for the first time, maybe you know i i don't i, I think that that is actually a challenge of our twenty first century yeah yeah um, our our culture is going to have to figure out what age is appropriate for children to be exposed to this kind of material and and i I don't think we've ever i don't think we've actually as a society, I don't think we've really dealt with it. I agree. All
2: it. I'm I'm very concerned about that. I think that we're trying to open the the boundaries of what parents and kids talk about, and one of them should be the the role of porn in their lives and where it, where it should be and how it should you know how it should be dealt with. Just like drugs, I feel like it should be that discussion because no one talks about it, and I've had yeah. situations where, you know, I've heard about kids starting, you know, young, and uh, we had a situation once, uh, one of your friends, the, the kid was, I don't know, he's like 12 years old or whatever, and uh, I guess his parents were knocking on his door, his door was locked, and there was no response, and they kept knocking on knocking on the door, and they thought something, God forbid, happened to him, you know, he had a you know, heart attack or something, so they called the fire department, and they burst the door open, they found him, you know, he was sleeping with headphones on, and he'd been watching porn, and he just passed out and uh this is a young kid and and this is the kind of thing that you know no one talks about this but this is a frightening thing and and the type of porn and kids thinking that this is how you please a woman right, and right. kids and kids thinking that it's okay to to do gangbangs and and things that they they have no idea and they're getting educated by porn and in and it's a, and in such a bad way and i'm not like you know me i'm not against porn i'm just saying this should be talked about it should be somehow uh, you know, yeah. as uh, one of those discussions that you have uh, early on, and I don't
1: know. I think that if if there's going to be some sort of porn, it should be regulated. So we should wrap things up, Matt. If people want to find out more about your work, where can they find you?
0: Uh, radio dot com is my website, and uh, if you have a podcast app like the uh, iTunes podcast app, like you the one search. that you're li- probably listening to right now, yes. Yeah, you can search uh, Porn Free Radio, um, or as a lot of my listeners have found out, if you just search porn in the iTunes app, I'm usually the first or second result. So. Oh, cool. That's um, awesome. So, yeah. So a lot of people, I, I hear probably once a week from someone who sheepishly told me that they were not looking for something healthy. <laughs> They're um,
2: looking for it. You're, I, wow. here's some heavy panting uh, and breathing and uh, it's only Matt.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's my best marketing is people looking for porn who find me. So
2: Well, thank you very, very much for being so honest and open about your story.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, it's great talking to you guys. Great talking to you too.
1: And that was our interview with Matt Dopschutz. Oh boy. I think it, in light of the Sarah J. interview from last week... We've interviewed porn star Sarah Jay. Uh, we ask her her thoughts on porn addiction and, you know, how she, what she, she sees the benefits of porn to be.
2: No, I think porn's great for people who, who want to watch it. You know, you never know what somebody's going through or what. They, you know, what they might go through mentally. Maybe they're a little shy to talk to girls. Maybe it's just been a long week and they need to work, rub one out because they don't have time to hook up with their girl. Hmm. Or, may, you know, there's like a million reasons why you could be jerking off. Maybe you and your chick are watching it and trying to learn some shit and get inspired. Yeah, There's like so many reasons to watch porn. I totally get it. Like, I completely understand why people would want to watch it.
1: This is very, very compelling case for the opposite.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's why I felt like I needed to get on the uh, other end of the, the teeter-totter there with porn.
1: Okay, so what are your thoughts on porn?
2: I like porn. I don't feel I'm addicted to porn by any means, and I don't watch it all that much. I probably watch it less than everybody listening to this, but the point is that it, I like...
1: To, I have a feeling you're not less than everyone listening to this.
2: <laughs> I, I. It's not like... I just think it, it helps me with my fantasies. And I like fantasizing.
1: Oh, this is a skill that you're trying to train? Yes. Your
2: fantasies? Yes. I think it helps when I, I mean, I'm not on the same page about sex as you. I don't think it has to be a deep spiritual connection with Did the person. Did you catch that? He, said, he yeah. said,
1: oh, I love that. When he comes out the gate saying, yeah. you know, the role sexuality plays in my life is a, a deep form of communication. Are you fucking kidding me? And you think me?
2: I wasn't sensitive to so that you were like nodding your head and agreeing?
1: Oh, I was like, hell yeah. I, I'll get in that fucking deep communication with you, man. In that fucking
2: note. <laughs> you guys can really connect in a spiritual way. That was life. it. Fuck yeah. But, but the truth is that I think that everyone has different opinions about that. You,
1: you know, I also found it interesting, Matt comes from this Christian background. Yeah. I, I have very little familiarity with Christianity outside of what I've learned in like school, but uh, it's it's interesting that my you know Buddhist yeah. practices and also my Jewish upbringing has kind of led me to the same sort of belief system that he he has. So, I, I wonder how much Christ has to do with it.
2: I don't think it's a religious thing. I think like he said, it was more of a moral thing, and you know, and and from my point of view, and from when we interviewed the, the, our Buddhist she's gonna she had a little, Kate's been a little wild side when it comes to um, sexuality she had too a very wild side exactly so I think what I'd like to mention here since it is sex talk with my mom sure that it's okay to to do whatever you want in your sexual life as long as you feel that you're doing it in a, in a in a healthy way.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that was the, his bottom line. He was like, I didn't get that. No, no, I, I think for he, him, he was just saying how he felt. For, he for he him, didn't want, yeah, exactly. For him, and, and I think he would probably agree with that statement. You know, I, he, for him, it just doesn't make it. A lot of sense, and and he, he does not see it as a boost to his life. Yeah, I mean, he just, to me, he didn't seem all like that wild either, And but all who right, knows? Why are, why are we putting words in his mouth? We just had him no, on the No, I mean, I'm just
2: envisioning him in the bedroom. I mean, I don't know. Why, why are you I've...
1: envisioning Matt in the bedroom? <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he could be a wild child. I don't know. Yeah, who knows what those two do in the bedroom. They may be swinging from the chandeliers. Right, he's not
1: going to like listening to that. All right,
2: whatever. But the point I, I'm saying is that everyone has
1: their own way and I think it could change on a on a daily basis of how you like to have sex. So when what would you say, you know, I don't remember us having a conversation about porn growing up.
2: No, I think that we as a society have to start thinking about that. That's a really important topic.
1: But it's not like porn didn't exist when I was growing up. Why, why didn't we have a conversation about it?
2: I, um, I didn't know you... Even looked at porn. You never told me. And the only way I knew that your brother looked at porn is I happened to walk into the room and see some porn on his laptop. But other than that, I had no idea. Why
1: does my brother's life, a sex life, always come out (laughs) on this goddamn podcast? Okay. Okay.
2: I'll I'll try to refrain from any of that divulging. But the point (laughs) is that I had no idea, and I still don't think that it was all that much porn that was going on when you were growing up.
1: I didn't. Here's what I remember. I remember on AOL, they had profiles. Of different people that you can you can look up different profiles of like users, and I stumbled across one of this girl in lingerie, like weird leather lingerie. But it was the first, uh, like, uh, erotic image I ever saw. This is pretty young. This is like well, third grade or something. Like I gotta this.
2: tell you something. You actually got aroused even earlier. Okay. <laughs> you were like 5 or 6. I'm watching like some soap opera all my children or something and you're walking in and you're taking a look at two two of them kissing. And all of a sudden you go, "Mom, my penis hurts." Seriously. <laughs>
1: my so, penis hurts. So you're you're this porn. My penis hurts. I think
2: all my children was your first experience with porn.
1: That's great. Well, so to finish the story about the AOL thing, I uh, I remember if having looked at the looked at that profile many times in a row, that somehow the parental restrictions came on there out of nowhere, and I couldn't access it anymore. And you you think that anybody in
2: our house had anything to do with parental? No, yes, I don't think I, so.
1: You don't you didn't turn that shit on. No. What?
2: How, how would I know about parental restrictions? On AOL? Well, I would not want to do that because I might
1: restrict myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're, this whole time, I thought that you guys put it on. Hell no! Do you think Dad did? Hell no! Wait, so you guys never caught me looking? This is the first time you're hearing about my AOL. I had no idea excursions? about your little leather leather fetish that you had. Oh yeah, that leather woman. I don't know who the fuck that was. I didn't know. You I had can't a, believe that. This no, whole time, I thought I, that you fucking did that. No, if anything, I would have gone. You go, boy. Oh, my God. (laughs) I would have been like,
2: yeah, actually, there was a certain part of me that when I told that story about you and that friend that, you know, passed out during the, the, uh, I I was kind of like, oh, Cam was watching porn. That's cool.
1: What do you mean? I was watching porn because you
2: said that you, when I didn't know that he was watching porn until years later when you told me that that's why he passed out. Because I didn't
1: know that story. You must have heard that from his parents or something because I didn't know that story. I thought that's you why told I had me that trouble. story.
2: No. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, maybe that story was in my mind. I couldn't recall that. No, yeah, kidding. no, no, no it definitely occurred. Yeah. Okay, but the point <S laughs> is that I, I was kind of like, oh, it's cool. I can't watch porn because I, because you know, cause you're, you're never just struck me as anything like that was uh, thinking, and that you never struck me as a much of a sexual being at that point. Thank you. How about now? Oh, I'm hearing everything now.
1: You think I'm a sexual being now? I think
2: you're one wild sexual being. (laughs) You got that second. You got that wild side that that we're hearing about on a daily basis. And sex talk with my mom.
1: All right. Thank you all very much for listening to this wonderful sexual podcast. And really,
2: I know we asked for like listeners' comments, but this I'd really like to hear. I mean, I, I feel like I'm I'm flapping alone in the wind here on that clothesline.
1: Yeah, I really think if you could respond to the question as to whether there's a positive role that porn can play in someone's life, I would love to hear it. And uh, send us your thoughts at sextalkpodcast at gmail.com. Or text us or at, call or us at 323 472 4237. Obviously,
2: we'll leave your name out. It'll be anonymous, but we could definitely benefit from hearing some other points of view, especially R- if you have any points of view that go along with the KLP. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate your,
2: your mm-hmm. following us on iTunes.
1: Your ratings and reviews in the iTunes store always help us a lot. And share this with your friends. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh,
2: a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh,
1: sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.